Hey everybody, this is Doug Platts and you're listening to the Custom Made Podcast. Each week I talk with digital transformation leaders within enterprise organizations and thought leaders within the custom technology space. My goal is to shine a spotlight on the work that is happening in enterprise organizations who are changing and the leaders who are driving that change. Welcome to our second year of Custom Made. If this is your first time listening, make sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting app to get our latest episodes as they are released every Sunday. And be sure to check out our episodes from last year once you're finished with this one. This is episode 47 of Custom Made, and this week I'm sitting down with Charlene Schwint, Global Product Owner Manager at Hilti. Charlene is a product management professional with a strong marketing emphasis. Her career has allowed her to have direct experience across industries such as healthcare, financial services, higher education and technology. And Hilti is a global leader in providing technology-leading products, systems and services to the worldwide construction industry. In her role at Hilti, Charlene has built up a team of software product owners to manage global digital, SaaS, desktop and mobile applications. Charlene has worked across these teams to implement product owner best practices and scrum team reporting standards. Her role also includes leading agile transformation, coaching global product managers on software product management best practices, and getting scrum teams to predictable velocity. During this week's episode, Charlene is discussing the challenges that come with building successful product teams within enterprise organizations, and bringing in new methods such as agile and design thinking to an IT organization and product business. To achieve this, Charlene breaks down the product management and product ownership roles and how these roles and responsibilities are typically handled in both smaller and larger organizations. We also discuss the different types of tasks that are handled by product manager versus product owner, the advantages and disadvantages of splitting these roles, and the challenges in hiring the right candidates for these different roles. And so without further ado, here's Charlene Schwint. So my background for the last 20 years, I've been doing marketing and product management in various industries, uh, including automotive, finance, healthcare, and now construction. Uh, My role here at Hilti is as the global product owner manager uh, for our global application software group. So we manage quite a few different software applications uh, in the construction trade, and my team is a bunch of product owners that make all of those solutions meet the needs of our customers. And with Hilti being a construction company, how, how has been that evil evolution into a software product company? And, and how, is that, how has the role of product management or product ownership um, evolved within the organization? So Hilti has recognized that software is a key component to what their customers do every day in the construction industry. Um, So Hilti, of course, started off as a tool company, Um, but as it evolved over time, we have 75 years now as a private organization, they've expanded into services and software. And our customers, you know, they use software day to day, and there are ways that Hilti can deliver value to our customers in association with our hardware products. So that's really the area that we focus in on. And, and talk a little bit about the types of customers you might be building for. Obviously, uh, a lot of our listeners, when they think about construction, may, may be thinking about those at the end of that, where they're, they're, they're building those, those buildings, um, but there may be other ones in between that as well. Absolutely. So Hilti actually deals with the full chain. So it's everything from the architect, which is at the very beginning of the de- design stage, to structural engineers who are doing the calculations for, you know, we really want this post to like be stable and structurally sound so it can carry the loads and not create some massive disaster, even in earthquake zones. 
um, all the way down to the actual installers who are installing Firestop in the buildings as a last part before everything gets covered up. So Hilti does participate in the full chain of the construction cycle. And that must make it very challenging when you're thinking about products, not just to, to build, but continue to, to evolve as well, because the end use case could vary drastically if you are, depending on where you're building, what you're building, what you're building with. Um, and that must make it very challenging when, when even planning, okay, we're going to build this product to solve this problem. So because we have such a diverse set of, of personas or, or customers and their different pain points, you know, that's the reason why we have so many different software solutions is because some customers are very focused in on, you know, one part of the business and other customers are very focused in a different part of the business. So we focus in multiple product lines and there are ways that we join them. And, and that's one of the pieces that we're working on right now is sort of building a foundational suite with which all our products are going to be on uh, so that if you do have uh, interrelating projects that you can easily see everything across the full chain and not just going into separate products individually. Yeah, these integration hubs around different right. products. Yeah, I can, I can see that as being incredibly valuable and a, and a sort of a single source of truth around the data that it pulls, one place to right. enter that data, one place to exactly. surface that data and many other things as well. So thanks for joining me this week on this episode of Custom Made. And um, I really wanted to dig into the role around product management and product ownership. We at Dialexa hear that being talked about a lot. A lot of companies and a lot of organizations are starting to formalize that role and expand that role within their organization. And and I couldn't think of a better um, guest to to dig into that topic of um, how how to handle and define and develop um, product management and product ownership within both small organizations and large organizations as well. So, so why don't we, we, we start digging into how it can vary between different sizes and types of organizations as well. So how do you think about, for, for a smaller organization, how would you define a smaller organization as well? What sort of size, annual revenue, complexity? So, you know, when I look at smaller companies versus larger companies and how product management and product ownership tends to sort of be deployed... Um, a small, small to mid-sized organization, so anywhere from, you know, like a really small 10-individual startup to, you know, 500 employee size, maybe mid-sized organization, you tend to see that the product management and product ownership roles are combined into one person. So you have one person that's sort of operating both of those roles and activities and tasks. Um, in a larger organization like Hilti, um, where we have, you know, we're international, we're in every country, and, you know, we just have so much information coming in, we need to divide the roles um, so that we have enough coverage to be able to, like, handle the capacity of all the incoming uh, information. So we split product management from product ownership, uh, and that does allow us to sort of split focus. And when we look at what are some of the, you know, the things around that. So if you're in a smaller organization, you you can have one person which can be very focused on delivering a specific message to the market and it's always going to be consistent because that one individual, you know, is always going to think in that manner and deliver that same messaging, whether it's to the sales team, to customers, to marketing, 
um, you know, our support team, all of that, and they tend to have their hands in all of those organizations. Um, when you split those two tasks into separate roles, then you tend to see where the product management side is more outward facing, so more customer facing, more industry focused. They're looking at select, you know, pieces of information that are coming in when they're looking at their vision of where they want for their product. Um, and they're collecting that. They might be writing epics for, you know, their specific product line, which they're then giving to the product owner. Um, they're also working with pricing, licensing. Um, they're doing customer visits, market research, competitive uh, positioning against competitors in the marketplace. They're doing business case creation because, of course, they want to make sure that you know, they're focusing on the right things that are going to, you know, deliver the most value. Uh, and they're also managing their internal and external stakeholders. Um, the PO, on the other hand, is really more internal focused. So they're working directly with the development team or teams. Um, they are writing the user stories. They're contributing to the vision of the product line. Um, they're also representing the customer to the Scrum team so that the Scrum team does get a feel for what are our customer problems, what are, what are we trying to address so that they can come up with the right solutions uh, to meet the customer need. Uh, we're also focused in prioritizing and defining the backlog, which is one of the key roles of product owners, uh, and validating that those stories actually deliver on that customer value. So those are just some of the things that, you know, yeah, when yeah. you look and, and, at that. And as you were talking and, and kind of defining the differences between the twos and how they'd, they'd operate within an organization, the, the size and scale of Hilti, from Dialexa's side of things, I, I, I started to picture what we define our quality engineers and whose responsibility is not just to check if, it, if whatever is built meets certain requirements or, um, you know, doesn't break when somebody uses it, but more, is it a quality product? Is it going to deliver on the business need, the user need? Is it going to allow them to excel in whatever it is they're going to use it for as well? And so it does feel like the the... The, the quality of the product is owned by the PO because they're looking at are we delivering against that need versus right. the, the, the features and the definition is, is fed by the, the PM, the product manager, because they're looking at well what is important within the industry around this particular product. Do, do, uh, and I appreciate product managers may focus on multiple products, but it feels like they go very, very um, deep within maybe around one product. Do, do you see product own, owners um, going across multiple products to see how they interconnect? Coming back to one of your earlier points around these hubs, around the right. integration. So I think it really depends on the company and how many products they have and how many development teams and really what stage that software is in its life cycle. Um, so if you have a newer product, so something that is you know, just being built out or something that maybe has only been in the market for a year. Uh, you know, those are early stage products that need probably more time and attention and probably have bigger development teams getting it to market. Um, so you might have one product owner focusing on that specifically. But if you have, say, legacy products where basically, you know, the need is being met, you're pretty much doing, you know, minor upkeep, maintenance, you know, occasional bug fixes, things like that, then you could have a product owner that's over multiple legacy products. 
Uh, so I think it really sort of depends on the life cycle of where that software is and in, in that setting. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, as, as you do think about the, the, the transformation and uh, of existing systems, um, how much of an influence um, does the, the, the product managers have on, okay, this is whether we need to rebuild or replace this system um, or is that more does, do you see that that actually sits with the product owner because they're looking at is this delivering a quality experience for the user or is that one where it's a little bit ambiguous it could be both yeah and and the reason why I say that is if you have a product and the feedback that the product managers are getting from the marketplace is that this isn't addressing the customer need or the market is changing the industry is changing and therefore what was a good solution is no longer completely fitting the customer needs, then that needs to be coming in from the product manager as a, look, there's a shift in the marketplace, you know, we have new needs or that need is is changing, and so now we need to do something to address that. Um, or it could be from the product owner side where, let's say, we bought a, a, a software from a third party, so now we own it, we've opened the doors, and we see that there's issues, it's not extendable, it's not scalable, it's not... So that might come from the technology side of the business saying we need to make some changes to improve the customer experience for security, uh, you know, performance, different things like that. Um, so, and my recommendation is always that the product owner and the product manager go out to customers. So the product owner needs to interact with the customer just as much as the product manager does because they're the ones that are going to come back to the scrum team and really communicate what those needs are. And they're going to be able to, through the iterative development cycle, provide that continuous feedback to the scrum team as to, no, we need to make a tweak here because, you know, they didn't like X, but they thought that Y would be really great. Um, so just that interactivity is, is key. And, and we talk a lot with companies who have, and I think you might have touched on this um, in, in your, your answer, um, that have acquired other companies and are looking to integrate um, as efficiently as possible. And, yep. and I appreciate that. That time horizon can vary from months to years. But wh- where do you see that being split between a PM or a PO? And, and kind of what, what are some of those responsibilities to... I guess ensure a successful integration as as efficiently as possible. Yep. So usually during the analysis phase, so when a company is looking to acquire another company, product management should be one of the roles that's helping with the analysis of that, right? They should be looking at, you know, what is their market scale? You know, how does their product either complement our existing products or does it compete with or, you know, so through that, it can be determined, you know, how should this work in such a way that it makes a good solution for our customers. So it's also going to the customers and saying, well, if we did this, does that make sense? Or should we do that? Does that make sense? So getting customer feedback is key, even if you're going to be doing third-party purchase. And then that will determine either how you integrate it in or if they remain separate. Um, In most cases, you're going to probably want to make some efficiencies just so that you're all in the same language, you know, because your development houses might 
focus in a specific area. Yeah, absolutely. And so on, on an earlier episode of Custom Made, we, I had a, a product manager lead talking about some of the do's and don'ts within that role of a product manager. And one of them of the, the things to, to reduce your amount of focus on or, or make sure that somebody else is owning that so that you can be a, a successful in a mm-hmm. product manager role. One of them was um, project management. And I think there's a lot of confusion there because they just happen to have the same initials around what's a project manager and a right. product manager. As you think about the role of a product owner, um, what do you think are some of the things that, that they need to focus a little bit less on or, or hand over to a more um, suitable person and what should they focus more on for them to be really successful in that role? So as a product owner, I mean, there definitely is a component of project management, I'll say, because release planning, things like that of which they are involved in is basically a project management type activity. Um, In larger organizations, there usually is a separate role that focuses specifically on project management or program management, which at Hilti, we have a separate role for program management. And they're, you know, responsible for watching how things are, are, you know, going with development. Are we, you know, we said we would be at this release at this specific time. Has, Has there been impacts? Are there risks and dependencies? and communicating to our stakeholders that, you know, if anything changes or resetting expectations, things like that. Um, With smaller organizations, once again, you're wearing multiple hats. That could be the product manager who's doing that, or they might have a separate project management function that could be doing that. Um, In an ideal world, you know, if it's separate roles, that's great because it does allow you to provide more focus in the areas of which are more critical. Um, but project management is still an important role. You know, without being able to track and, you know, see how things are going, you're never going to be able to anticipate when are things going to be ready. Yeah, absolutely. And so to, to if you were to look at the type of person that you'd want to hire, if, if, if you're a, a leader in an organization um, listening to this and you think, well, we've got product managers, I want to really start to separate that role out. Um, what types of people or attributes would you would you think about as you start to split out those roles um, for the who you'd hire into a product owner versus a product manager? Right. So if, if you're looking to split the roles um, for product management, you'd really want to be looking for someone who is more business focused. So somebody who has, you know, preferably worked in software product management in the past, they have a good foundation for what I will call discovery. Um, because one of the most critical things is being able to ask the right questions. Can you dig in? Can you figure out what that customer's problems are? Because sometimes customers are very upfront about what their problems are, but they may be stuck on one specific issue, which may not be the core issue. So if you can't drill in and actually pull that information out of the customer, then you're 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 not going to get as good of a solution as if you have someone that has that capability. It's kind of the, the five whys framework of sort of keep asking why, yes. don't just stop at the first or second exactly. time because you've not really gone deep enough. Right. But you also want someone who, you know, understands how to look at competitive, you know, data. So data analytics is really important uh, from a product management perspective. It's like who who's using the product, you know, in what areas, what markets, what industries, you know, all of those things are critical. And your net promoter score. So 
you know, you want to take a look at that as well. Are there areas that we're doing really well? Are there areas that people are complaining about? You know, so you're more focused on the business side of things. And so we talked a little bit about some of the the advantages of, of breaking out these roles so they can focus on these two different areas. What would you say are some of the, 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 the risks to look out for or where you've maybe seen um, in execution other f- uh, individuals or organizations um, where there's actually been a disadvantage, maybe a miscommunication or a, a, a lack of um, empathy with the, with the end customer, which I think you touched on by that's something they have to do. Yeah, so, I mean, there's great advantages to splitting out the roles and that basically is the fact that you do have different people that can drill in at a much deeper level uh, into specific areas and tasks. And of course, you can potentially get better work-life balance, <laughs> but there are also potential disadvantages. Uh, and that re- that's around miscommunication. Um, you know, whenever you have more than one person, there's always a potential opportunity for either not communicating or miscommunicating. Um, and there's also a opportunity or challenge in the fact that sometimes, depending on the organization, they look at it as a the product manager, you know, is just delivering to the product owner what to build. So basically, it's like an order-taking system, sort of like McDonald's. And that is not how Hilti does things, and, and I'm glad for that because in that, you're, you're not getting the full capacity or the full potential of what could be delivered as a solution if the product manager is just saying do this you know having both roles fully understand what the needs of the customer are uh, and having the PO work closely with the scrum team to provide solutions is going to give you a much better outcome there Um, but that's a potential risk that a lot of companies run into in the I have two separate PMPO split role. And, and, you know, in your role as, as a global product owner, can you talk to me about some of the challenges that come with that when dealing with teams that are operating, uh, I'm assuming, on other sides of the world, um, and how you've helped overcome that, maybe some of the systems or communication tools that you yep. use to track um, and uh, allow for almost I, I would assume, 24 hours a day de- development or, or work on a, around a particular project? Absolutely. Um, so because we're an international organization and I have product owners that are overseas, I have product owners that are here in the States, um, and of course our scrum teams are you know everywhere from Europe to India <laughs> to the U.S., So different time zones is just inherent. Um, So the overlapping hours, so for the U.S., that's in the morning, so we can have some overlap time with the other markets, um, is is really key. We look, if we're going to hire in the United States, for people that have flexible schedules where we can start early. So most people's, you know, conference calls and things like that might start 7 a.m., maybe even earlier, depending upon their, you know, flexibility. Uh, and all morning is pretty much dedicated to one-on-one conversations or group conversations with the scrum teams. Um, in the afternoon, that's where you can focus on things that, you know, maybe preparing for the next, you know, refinement session or, you know, discussion or planning session. Um, but we don't look at people being in diverse locations as being a problem. 
Um, we use Slack, we use Skype, so there are many tools that we can use, um, besides email, of course, uh, to keep everybody informed as to what's going on, if there's questions or issues, because we do basically have people working around the clock, uh, and that, you know, is an advantage in that, you know, people can be working on one thing while other people are preparing the other thing, and it just means that, you know, when you get up in the morning, something's going to be ready <laughs> for you to take a look at. Um, so, so there definitely are some challenges, but, you know, it's doable. And it's the nature of being an organization, the size of exactly. LT and the complexity that comes with that as well. Um, can you talk a little bit about, um, and when we've dug into the, the, the development and the organizational structures around that, but as you release a product, how you think about that, um, how you think about to certain markets or to certain user groups and how the PM and the PO may work together to, to, for a successful release, which is just as important as a successful product. Absolutely. Um, so we usually look at it and in a market perspective. So when we have a product that is ready for release, we're usually going to target, you know, one main market to, to start with, which could be a combination of countries. Um, so like if we're going to release in North America first, that's going to be the U.S. and Canada. Uh, and we'll work with the market organization. They have marketing folks in each of what we call our markets uh, that work with us to ensure that we have the proper launch plan in place. So all of our marketing materials, our sales team that hits the street are trained, um, that all of our digital you know, pieces are, are ready to go. Um, so there, there's a tremendous amount of legwork that gets done before that launch date comes around. Uh, and the product manager and the product owner work very closely with the markets to make sure that everything hits the ground running on, on the day of launch. And so for uh, our listeners who are, they either have a PM and a PO organization or are thinking of, okay, this feels like a way to evolve what they've already got, any final thoughts or final recommendations for, for them as they do look to either evaluate an existing structure or um, execute on separating out a PM and a PO role? So I think for, for organizations that are thinking about splitting the PM and the PO role, um, well, I mean, for one thing, you want to make sure that your budget can accommodate that because there, you know, there is extra overhead to splitting out that function, and you want to make sure that you have sufficient coverage if you're going to do the breakout, not that, you know, okay, well, we'll have all product managers and then we'll have one product owner and we have 10 scrum teams that is not going to work <laughs> so you do need to make sure that you know you're going to be able to scale appropriately if you're going to split the two roles that's one thing and then it's making sure that you have the right people in those roles um, so you know skill set is going to be a, a critical item to look at you know sometimes companies have business analysts which when they look at going agile, they think, well, I can just take that business analyst and I'll just change the name and it'll be product owner and that'll be great. Maybe. Maybe. It, it depends on what that product... That's more of an individual, <laughs> like you're hoping that that individual can, can rise to right, or evolve exactly. to that, that different type and, of And some people can, mm -hmm. absolutely. So it sort of depends on what that business analyst was doing before their title change. Um, if they were never really responsible for 
thinking about all the non-functional requirements that go into you know building a product and maybe some of the challenges and, and working with external stakeholders and all of those responsibilities. You just need to make sure that the training is there and the support is there um, to really sort of coach that person into being a good fit. Any recommended resources that you'd suggest to our listeners, whether that's checking out certain websites or books um, or even other podcasts that come to mind? So, I mean, I think that there's a tremendous amount of resources. I mean, just if you do a web search, you're, you're going to get a lot of different uh, inputs. And I think that, you know, when you look at, at some of the Scrum organizations and there's definitely certification organizations and, and looking at that, Pragmatic marketing um, is is what I think a lot of companies look to as far as, you know, not only getting agile training, but product manager training. And I think it's a good foundation because a lot of companies are sort of standardizing on that. Um, so that's one area that you can look to when you, you know, are hiring, has someone already received that, that type of training? Um, if not, that might be something you want to look at for, for your team. Um, there are other resources, absolutely. There's plenty of, you know, contract companies, like even here in the Dallas area, like Improving or Matrix or, you know, I mean, there's plenty of other companies that, that also offer very good training uh, in both Agile, if you're just going into Agile, or maybe you've implemented Agile, but it's n- not really been implemented in a great way and you're looking at maybe reintroducing it, um, those those are good resources to, to take a look at and provide that coaching, which really is the next step. So book learning is great, but if you can't actually implement it and you can't live it, then you're not going to see the results of it. Yeah, definitely. And so as, as, as you were talking about um, being very clear on the 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 overhead of separating out that role and of um, um, thinking about well, what what are those responsibilities and can they be successful in that role? Is is a recommendation and, and I appreciate this may vary company to company, but start with a single product and separate and scale from there versus trying to go big bang and kind of roll out a whole new division uh, in one go. Would that be a, a suggestion just to kind of not necessarily learn as you go, but but take it one step at a time versus all products at a time? That is an absolute option, yes. So, you know, if you want to dip your toe in the water and you want to try that with one product line, that would be great. Just think about, you know, which product line would be the best fit for that, you know, which would have, you know, you can either look at it as, well, take your biggest product and, you know, start there. That has some inherent risk to it, of course. Um, Or you could take one of your smaller products where it's less risky, you know, gives you a little bit more flexibility in case there's some things that you're learning along the way and you know maybe something gets dropped or not ideal so it, it depends on how you want to look at it but you can certainly start with one and then expand to the rest perfect well shawnee thanks thanks for the insights and the information that you shared today it's definitely been really interesting to understand how to how to really scale the product organization by, by looking at that product management role and the product ownership roles. So thanks for joining me this week. My pleasure.